Before we start the show, we wanted to share our praise report. Yes, Jesus has been nominated for a GLAAD Media Award. This is the first time GLAAD has honored an outstanding podcast, and we are humbled and honored to be included in that list. This nomination means more people will be listening, so hello, new listeners. We are glad you're here. We pour our heart and soul into this podcast, and any help and support you can provide really makes a difference. If you are a GLAAD Media Award eligible voter, please consider Yes Jesus. And if you aren't, now's a great time to share the podcast with a friend. Thanks to GLAAD for nominating us, and thank you, our listeners, for making this pod into a family. Now, on to the show. Kings and queens and in between sinner saints, I'll know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another fat, fabulous episode of Yas Jesus. I'm Daniel Franzese, your gourd juicy host. And as always, I'm here with my bestie. <laughs> fat in all the right places, Azariah Southworth. <laughs> oh, he ain't missing no meals. Because here <laughs> at Yas Jesus, we believe... There can be some hard stories in the Bible. But God loves someone with a little extra meat on their bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. So God thank us for this delicious meal. We're so grateful um, of awesome stuff that we have in store for you today, talking about fat shaming in the Bible. And we'll get to that right after. Okay, we wanted to update you on the lawsuit brought by our friends Reap. You have heard a lot about them. They are known as the Religious Exemption Accountability Project. And they have been pre- representing LGBTQ students at religious schools all over the country. Yeah, they're doing a lot of important uh, work all around the country uh, because a lot of religious schools are very hard on queer people mm-hmm. in their uh, student body. So you heard from Andrew Hartzler just a couple of weeks ago talking about his experience with REAP. One of their forms of advocacy was a lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Education challenging the taxpayer funding that is supporting private religious schools that discriminate against LGBTQ students. Well, U.S. District Court of the District of Oregon has issued its opinion. It found that LGBTQ students were being discriminated against and were being harmed, but the court also found that REAP quote, had not alleged a legal claim for which relief could be granted and dismissed their lawsuit. So basically, there wasn't anything they, as the court, could do about it. So the lawsuit was dismissed. (sighs) Always getting away with it. I love that Reap's keeping them accountable. Yeah, but it's not over. And it's not going to be over anytime soon because Reap We are sure of it is considering appealing and we'll hear about that. Maybe we'll even have heard about it by the time that this airs. But REAP is also just more than a lawsuit. Take a look at their report on the mental health harms LGBTQ students experience at religious schools and take a look at their social media, their storytelling. They will continue to fight and will continue to bring you their work. You know, Danny, when I did the Equality Ride in 2008, we visited mostly faith-based schools that had policies banning openly LGBTQ students. And when I tell you that the harm that these schools and their policies are doing is real, it is so real. And I remember students talking about how they are being harassed, but they can't report being harassed because if they report being harassed and they out themselves and they're going to be kicked out of their schools and lose all their credits, you know, this is real harm. And so I hope that they will get the justice that they deserve and that liberation will come. 
Yeah, we've talked about all, all different kinds of idiosyncratic situations that a student could be in where they're in danger, where they can't reveal their identity. They could be in an abusive relationship even yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah. not be able to reveal because it's a same-sex relationship and be stuck in their in their situations for fear of expulsion or losing their credits or what have you. What you did at the Equality Ride, as he was so brave, I, it always sticks with me whenever you bring that up about how some schools wouldn't even let you on campus and you'd have to stand across the street at like a gas station or something and just be there as like a beacon of of hope uh, for some of these students that are clouded uh, by all of the discrimination that they're dealing with in so-called Christian environments. Um, but thank you for doing that, Azzy. And we thank REAP. Like we are, like we are so God. We are so grateful for organizations like REAP that can go out there and fight for us. We can't. We're one person sometimes, and we can't fight every battle. But you know, when you see an organization like REAP, we want to amplify their message so much because they're doing such great work for our community. Thank you, REAP. Um, REAP is a praise report, Azzy. We are grateful to have, we are grateful to have organizations like REAP, and we just want to say hallelujah to them all the time. And that's why this is a great time to segue into our praise report and our prayer request. Um, this is the section of our show where if you have a little something extra that you're like, God is so good. Look at how God gives people the strength to form an organization like REAP. God's awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I want to tell everybody about REAP. I want to tell everybody about this. That's a praise report. You can go onto our website. Yeah, you go onto our website and shout it out to the mountaintops. Um, and also, if you have a prayer request, like we're not afraid of emotion here. We're not afraid of seriousness. We are funny and silly and all these other things, but we really do care about you. So if you've got something that you feel is like a big burden, burden on your shoulders and you want us to help you, you want us to pray and add our prayer warriors to the list and your, your issue to their list, they will. Um, and that's a prayer request. And we have one right now, Azzy. This is Carrie. Carrie is calling us with a prayer request. Carrie says, please uh, pray for Ruby, my mother-in-law, for peace and for comfort. And I, oh, it seems like there's uh, also some praise here. See, it's always good when you have something to ask for and something to be grateful for. But uh, the ask was to pray for Ruby, her mother-in-law, for peace and comfort, but also praise for family being together and for freedom and for those who dedicate their lives to serving others, much like our brothers and sisters and other siblings in REAP. We thank you so much. Um, and that's our prayer request from Carrie. But we also have a praise report, Azzy. What's yes, that we do. Report? We have a praise report from Clay. And this is for all the Yes Jesuits out there and for us here. So I want you to sit up straight, take a deep breath in, and get ready to receive this praise and blessing from Clay. Clay says, sending love and light to everyone. So take that in, receive it from your sibling in Christ, Clay. That's right. You're royalty. You better fix that crown. <laughs> yes, you better fix, fix, that, fix crown. that crown. Um, don't forget, you're a child of God. That's um, right. And uh, if you need anything to remind you, it'll be the scripture. And we'll be right back after this with the scripture of the day. Azzy, it's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. The scripture of the day. Oh, yes, it's soul food. It's the scripture of the day, and it is soul food. Tell us all about it, Azzy. Give us that good, good vitamin. All right. It is from Ephesians 2.10. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. The path is already made, Azzy. It's already there. <laughs> That's right. The, our hairs are counted on our head. Our crowns are straight. And we know what's going on. It's the only you thing know, straight yes, about Jesus me. Here. That's right. Yeah, nothing straight. Nothing straight. Maybe I'm going to put a little crooked just for a little flair. You know, 
Look, Yes Jesus is a body body positive show. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe in uh, radical body acceptance and loving yourself. It is one of our core values. We've talked about body positivity before, and we'll keep talking about it until you love that queer body God gave you. <laughs> we all have bodies, and they are different, unique, and special, and God made each one of them. You may have even seen that I've had some thoughts on this uh, Brandon Fraser film, uh, The Whale. Yeah. You know, listen, they blew this out of proportion as a, this is another situation. This is why I'm glad in today's day and age, we have things like social media and my own podcast where I can talk about mm-hmm. what really went down. Mm-hmm. But you know, they were asking me uh, questions about uh, my stint on, on RuPaul's Celebrity Drag Race mm-hmm. and about, it was a very sweet article. I actually teared up. Um, it's not a big surprise in McCarvey, but I teared, <laughs> me and my mom like both teared up reading this article because it was about how I honored my mother in the show by wearing her jewelry. Mm-hmm. And it was a sweet moment for us. It just was like a, a great moment for the show and a great moment for us. And I was like, wasn't this lovely? But at the end of the conversation, uh, the reporter who I was very getting along with, and I'm not upset with him at all, actually, but um, he was like, uh, so what do you think about the whale? And I was like, oh, I was like, if you really want me to tell you. And I basically just lamented at the fact fact that I was conflicted. The big word here being conflicted because I love Brendan Fraser as an actor. I've been a fan of his. I have uh, certainly masturbated to him. I think he is <laughs> I think he is funny and hot and cool and nice. And like to see him, you know, he was injured on set uh, doing The Mummy and I read, I think it was Vanity Fair, one of those big magazines where they were talking about um, how Hollywood left him after he was so injured. And, you know, I have my own injuries from stunts and things that I've done in my life. You know, my back hurts mm-hmm. often from a stunt that mm-hmm. I did. Um, it was a simple thing, but you never know, you know. And I, I empathize with him. And I really do. When I saw him get a six-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival, I, I was so moved because I, I know what the struggle is of being a performer and an artist and to try, only, uh, to, try to finally get some recognition from your peers and get your flowers and mm-hmm. to have something back that he thought he lost. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know what that's like, coming back, coming back into Christian media mm-hmm. after, you know, um, being judged on, on, on silly things. Plus, he also had a lot of, um, during the Me Too era, he revealed that he was, you know, uh, groped and went through a lot of shame with that kind of stuff. So look, the man's like such a sweetheart. And so I never wanted to come out as against him in any way. But this film, The Whale, is from a play of the same name about a queer man who decides to leave his family for his lover and then his lover dies and he decides to eat himself into oblivion and then right before he's eating himself to death he decides to try to reconcile a relationship with his 16 year old daughter they are using a fat suit for brandon frazier somebody who is i mean yes brandon frazier may not be in the best shape of 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 anyone right now because of his injuries and all the other stuff and you know we all get older and whatever but someone who was a heartthrob growing up, someone who was known for like a hot body, who was mm-hmm. known as like the perfect caveman that melted out of the ice and known as like this person who was just like the, the lead of the singer of the band and all the other movies I've seen him in or the hero that saves us from the mummy. He's known as this like godly man, like this gorgeous, like 
stud, you know, and then to have someone like that end up playing this, I see why they see it's a big grab for a prestige film. Cause anytime someone who's beautiful in Hollywood makes themselves quote unquote unattractive or ugly, or one of these other stereotypes that people think they are, if Charlize Theron wants to, you know, not wear makeup and gain weight and look ugly to play Eileen Wuornos and monster. And, you know, so it's this kind of ways Hollywood's always been like that, you know, um, where if you change your appearance, you get a little extra credit so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we're living in this odd time right now where every single time there is a prestige role that is queer, it's getting played by a straight person. Uh, they just recently announced that, um, I can't remember the fellow's name, but the guy from the white Lotus season one who's straight is oh, now yeah, going to play yeah, George yeah. Michael mm-hmm. in the biopic. Like they're announcing all the time and it's, we're supposed to get excited by these. I wonder these how movies. George Michael would feel about that. <laughs> he would hate it uh, more than anybody so. but you know so. El- you know elton john got to choose his own person and chose a straight person as well a mm. lot of the reason is and this is really what the the tea of my article was about of that conversation with people magazine but um is that i found out uh when i was trying to make a film before the pandemic that the pandemic kind of killed um that I, it's very difficult to find a gay male lead who can sell, who can green light a picture who can make the fun who could make the investors say oh that's somebody that we would put a million dollars in for or a lot of movies even before they're made are pre-sold for distribution overseas and a lot of overseas territories will not take in queer films and if they do take in a queer film it has to have a straight actor playing it uh, in order for people to know oh it's just make pretend we're playing make believe we really don't bump penises so it's like here's another situation where and now we have someone who is not only queer but also uh, obese you know, wearing this uh, suit made of coffee beans and lentils, you know, inside latex. When there's real people that look like that, there's real people out here in Hollywood that have those feelings. I mean, and as I was saying, as a fat queer person, it's unfortunate that me and my colleagues, now me personally, I think I'm a little too young for the role. So (laughs) it wasn't like, I was like, people love to play this picture of it's, Oh, a bitter actor wishing he, wishing he got an audition, but I don't, I think I'm too junior for the part, but honestly, I would like to have seen some of my contemporaries have a shot at it. There's a lot of people out there that are waiting for these kind of opportunities for these big roles to come along and just may never get the opportunity to shine. And especially when we're talking about, someone who's disabled someone who's of color someone who's fat someone who's queer um these are few and far between lead roles where they're the central character in a story so i was conflicted by that but then also um this use of a fat suit just added on to it i i don't i think that um actors should be able to play whoever they want whoever they want like i mean but if you're living in a time where there's marginal opportunities for a certain individual and then you're making movies about those individuals and casting someone else, it's like, it gives me Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's mm-hmm, uh, playing mm-hmm, Asian mm-hmm, vibes, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah, it yeah. gives me like a little bit of like of tone deafness um, when you realize – like, you know, I remember there was a huge thing with Miss Saigon on Broadway that they were casting all these white actors – you know, um, in all these Asian roles. And now when Miss Saigon tours, the whole cast is Asian. All these Asian, brilliant Asian performers get to work mm-hmm. and get to be seen on stage mm-hmm. in these kind of places. And it's not like every show is filled with um, Asian folks. So mm-hmm. that's a great show that when it's up, they know they can get work. They know they can keep going. And I'm always thinking of it from a working actor standpoint, not from a Hollywood conspires to make stars standpoint. I think that we need uh, trailblazers, um, and people who are uh, movers and shakers and risk takers to go out there and make stars out of queer people, make stars out of people of color, make stars out of fat people, make stars out of unknowns. 
And I mean, we wouldn't have wanted to. We we got uh, Gabrielle Sedebe was incredible in her Oscar did Oscar mm-hmm. nominated role in Precious. Mm-hmm. Would we have wanted to see Kiki Palmer do that in a fat suit? I think I think her her lived experience adds to what this is, and th- and so that's just what I meant by that. And I definitely wanted to get into that if we were talking today about body acceptance and body positivity, because as soon as I lost weight in Hollywood, you know, I remember going in for Mike and Molly, and they're like, "We love you for this, but you're you're not fat enough." So it's like as soon as I lose weight, they want me to be fat again. I just want to be myself and enjoy myself and be comfortable in my skin and try to stay healthy and be right and not have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. So to me, that was why, you know, I'm glad that we're doing an episode today on body positivity, Azzy, on body acceptance, because there's some real crazy fat shaming going on in the Bible. Yeah, there is. And just one another perspective to your point is I think of it like from a, when you study history and you're gathering your sources for like a historical article, you're going to write, right. And and you want to have authority about it. You, you have your primary sources, your secondary sources, you know, and you always want to go for your primary sources because those are firsthand accounts. Right. And so like in the same way, like when you embody these roles, I feel like you want the primary source, you know, because if you don't have that, you miss out on the nuances and you miss out on things that can be emoted and, and told in a way that a, a secondary source cannot. You know, that's that's how I kind of think about I'm it. I'm not as saying well. that. Um, I think Brandon Fraser, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I think. You know, it's doing very well, and mm-hmm. he obviously has the buzz for everything, and God bless him, and I mean, I hope he wins, actually. It would be great to see him have that moment. Um, uh, but I, it, it begs to—it just begs to bring up the fact that there's limited opportunities. Like, just to talk about it is really all I wanted to do is start the conversation. I'm not really like—you know, a lot of the titles said, Daniel Franzese slams Brandon Frazier, or Daniel Franzese <laughs> versus Brandon Frazier, no. or whatever. It's never been that. Yeah. Um, uh, but I just want to see more opportunities for more people because, you know, we've been held back for so long. Yeah. Well, this episode is going to be about a hard Bible story. Yes, Jesuits, at least from a body positivity sense. Um, And because, sorry, one second, because I was looking for my lighter. Because (laughs) since this is, um, uh, because it's a Bible story, we need to make it a baked Bible story. Well, this is not a story that is showing up in your coloring books, kiddos. It's one of those weirder stories in the Bible, one that is hard for everyone. It's a story about assassination, about war, and is it about fat shaming? Let's find out. That's right. You ain't going to hear this one in Sunday school. (laughs) So please open your Bibles, but not your children's Bibles. (laughs) (laughs) Because they won't be in there. Mm-hmm. All right. But open your Bibles to the book of Judges 3, 12 to 25. All right, Judge Julie, let's get this on. Our story opens with a particularly familiar line in verse 12. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because they did this evil, the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. All right, this is the part of the Bible that follows a very, like, pretty predictable pattern here. The Israelites are free, and they're living in Israel, where we visited. Check out those episodes. <laughs> yes, they're all. Um, and uh, you get stories about the Israelites neglecting God. So God stops providing protection. He's like, oh, okay. You know, we have a jealous God here who's like, oh, you don't like me? Okay, well, maybe I just won't protect you. 
okay, and they get attacked. And then they're occupied by another ruler. And then the Israelites start to plead to God for help. And God provides some warrior to overthrow their occupier. I don't think God's jealousy is like that, but we'll save that for another episode. But this happens over and over again in the Hebrew scripture. And this story is part of the same pattern. So we have King Eglon of Moab. Judges say that Eglon got some neighboring armies to attack Israel and ended up ruling over Israel for 18 years. Is this all like Elon Musk's like great, 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 great grandfather? Eglon, Eglon Mopes. <laughs> I don't know. So this is not a quick occupation. This is a whole generation, Danny. 18 years is a long time. I lived, I lived them twice at this point. I had a mole that long. And then when I got removed, <laughs> I like, you know, then, okay. In judges three fifteen again, the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he gave them a deliverer. Mm-hmm. Ehud. Okay. Okay. Not to be confused with J hud, uh, but Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gera, the Benjamite. Oh, a Benjamite. Okay. So here is the same pattern. The Israelites cry out and God provides someone who is going to help. Oh, it's interesting that this detail was included. He's left-handed. Like, okay. We got to see if there's any significance about left-handedness in this culture. I know that being left-handed has been persecuted in some place, including in the United States. But they better not. My niece is left-handed, my precious niece. When I want to mix it up, I'm left-handed too. (laughs) But, you know, there is is some uh, cultural context to it. You know, um, Walter Wink wrote a book called Jesus and the Third, or Jesus and Nonviolence, The Third Way. And he talks about the scripture where he says, um, if someone strikes you on the right cheek or, you know, turn turn your other cheek is, you know, you know, that scripture that Jesus talks about the parable. Yeah. So Walter Wink argues that Jesus said to turn the other cheek, not to be passive, but to assert your humanity. And it was a way of like saying, I'm a human, I'm going to turn my other cheek and I dare you to strike me with your left hand because in Jewish culture, the left hand is considered unclean and the right hand is considered clean. And so when they would strike you, they'd strike you with the right hand and, you know, Read the book. It's really, it's fantastic. So I I do believe that the left hand definitely has uh, some significance. But yes, Jesuits, do you know? Do you have any stories about this? Um, give us I mean, some insight. I don't, the, the, why were the hands unclean? Like was one that, like masturbating hand or one was like the butt white hand? It's it's really a thing. You know, even, even Benjamin, the name Benjamin means son of my right hand. Like it's, it's a, it's a thing. I, I, I would be curious to learn, uh, get to get in depth about that. So, yes, Jesuits, if you know anything. Um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, that's so I, interesting. I would definitely have to do a little bit of a deep dive into that. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So, the left-handed detail means we're all talking about bodies that don't conform to cultural expectations. Okay. I can see where we're going now with, like, accepting parts of us that that we feel are different. But we haven't even gotten to the meat and taters of this yet mm-hmm. the israelites send ehud to king eglon with a tribute a gift for the king but then here's where the cloak and dagger stuff really begins judges three sixteen. now ehud had made a double-edged sword about a cubit long which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing okay 
I see you, Mr. Stealthy. First, you made a sword. All right. That's pretty crafty. She crafty right there. Second, you strap it to your inner thigh. Now, that's how I get to weed on a cruise ship. That's pretty sexy. Okay. But how long is a cubit? Because let's talk about size here. How long is a cubit? You ready to gag? 18 inches, approximately. Oh, so he got 18 inches of hard, sharp steel strapped to his inner thigh. <laughs> and he knows okay. how to walk with it, too, evidently. <laughs> so is that a cubit of sharp steel in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, my God. Give me that cubit. <laughs> That's that's going to be the new uh, your your new way of measuring how how big. Oh, as he was so cute, and he was a cubit at least. <laughs> so then we get to presenting the tribute to the king, and here's where yet another detail comes in. Judges three seventeen, he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. See, okay, another detail. All right. So, so far we know that Ehud is left-handed and that King Eglon is fat. The Bible makes a point of saying this. I don't think fat necessarily is a diss. It's a descriptor. It's like tall, short. Like, I don't find it. I think fat um, is a word that has become villainized. Uh, But I think that, that we have to think when we think of words of intentions behind them. You know what I mean? Like you could be like, "Oh my God, that cute fat lady over there! Look at her dancing!" Like that, and you you mean love when you're saying something like that. It's just a descriptor, so someone could see something, you know. But the society has turned that word into such a do you? It's fit or fat? Do you want to be this or blah blah blah? And commercials and media and the male gaze, and we could go on as he. But right now, we're just we're not seeing this as insulting yet. We're just seeing it as a descriptor. So. We know that uh, Ehud is left-handed and that King Eglon is fat. Bible makes a point to let us know that. Yes. So then the Israelite delegation starts to leave, but Ehud comes back by himself. He goes back to King Eglon and says, Majesty, I have a secret message for you. Oh, and you know that the king can't resist the secret. Like, <laughs> a secret for me? <laughs> Spill the tea, For sis. me? <laughs> That's right. King Eglon tells all his attendants to leave the room. And then here's the high drama. Oh, this is what we've been waiting for. The juicy, juicy judges. (laughs) And it's going to get juicy. Judges 320 through 21. Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of his palace. Can you imagine? Oh my God, what that look like, that upper room? Like, what I would your upper like room of your palace? Upstairs, and there's like sheer curtains, right? And then more sheer curtains, and then more sheer curtains. And you just see like this figure, like this, like you can't really see them, but you see a figure sitting on this, like. Is that a guard outside the door? Yeah, but the, the guard's gone. Uh-huh. All the attendants are gone. So he walks up these stairs, goes through all these sheer curtains. And mm-hmm. then there he is. Wait, you know what I want to add? Can I? You know what I want to add to the decor? Um, do you know those like uh, pottery things that you see at like Home Goods? They're like it's like a stool, but then it has like all these little holes in it, like in an ornate way on the yes. side. You yeah, know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a vase. Yeah. So the original intention of those is badass. Okay, they would put um, they would put crickets in them. Oh, and they'd be trapped yeah. in there like a cage and the crickets would sing. But then when someone would walk on the pathway, they would get quiet. And that was like the alarm system to know someone was coming. That's so smart. So maybe he got a cricket thing in the hallway. That'd be fun, right? That's really... I like that. I like that. Okay. So okay. we have the sheer curtains. Yes. Okay. He's walking. Crickets are silent and now. The, all, the, yeah, the crickets, <laughs> the crickets get gagged. They're like, boop. 
We got cricket sounds and no cricket sounds. So he's approaching alone in the upper room of his palace. And Ehud said to him, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into the king's belly. Drama. This is like a mafia movie. <laughs> hey, I got a message from God. Bam. <laughs> Say hello to my little it. friend. That's my cubit well, friend. <laughs> Say hello to my cubit friend. <laughs> okay, so here's where the story goes in a non-body positive direction. Oh, okay. This is where we're going to like, this is where this fat shaming comes in for real. Yes. And I want you to judge what you think. Okay, judges. Let's judge. <laughs> judges 322. Even the handle. <laughs> judges, tens, tens, tens across the board. In the category, fat queen first time in a bowl. Stop. <laughs> judges. Fat queen first time in cricket drags. <laughs> Wearing nothing but sheer. <laughs> She's cuttings, locking up those darling. stairs. Innovation, darling. <laughs> Judges 322. Even the handle sank in after the blade. So he stabbed him in the belly. And even the handle of the sword sank into the belly. 18 inches plus. And his bowels discharged. Ehud did not pull the sword out. And the fat closed in over it. His bowels discharged. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Sunday school. Let's look at Sunday school kids. Now, everybody, get out your Crayola 24 box crayons. And we're going to be Judging drawing the moment. The discharged bowels. Where Ehud's bowels discharged. Where Ehud just ba- disemboweled the fat man. Everyone got the brown crayon? They had to make sure they said that. His bowel. I mean, I guess if they're trying to record, it's probably, it's not often you see that happen. Someone shit their pants just like so violently. True. But, you know, it does happen when we die. We discharge ourselves because it's like your, your body's just like, <sighs> it was definitely, I mean, but if, if the sword, so he said the sword went all the way through, including the handle into his fat belly. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I feel that, yo. I'm like, actually, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <right? laughs> I feel that, yo. <laughs> Okay, so that detail. Okay, hold on. Uh-huh. This, they had to say they had to say that his bowels discharged, right? Right, right. And right. then this other detail: the fat closed over it. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds like um, like a high school girl's like telling you what happened. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. And he stabs him, and then like the fat closed over it. <laughs> like I, that's where it starts to get a little bitchy for me. Uh, so the sword sunk into his belly and the fat just closed up around it. Mm-hmm. Very graphic. Very. Was that necessary or just to demonstrate how fat King Eglon was? Are we trying to tell the story better here? Are we trying to say like, and the fat closed over it oh, and then yeah. like closes the book and then everybody goes to bed to the next story. I think it might've been a little bit of dramatic writing. You know, all the attendants were gone. Who's witnessing this, you know, other than Ehud who, you know, he could have made this up. Yeah told the attendants and the history stories will tell it this way i mean i could see it happening it's not like yeah. far-fetched. it's not that far-fetched yeah well the story goes on from here ehud left and locked the door behind him and got the heck out of there okay and in judges 324 it says 
After he had gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the palace. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this must have been the king's habit. So the, the, the attendants were like, oh, this is what he does. You know, he's just relieving oh, himself. And he Look, was. We're nominated for a Glad Award. I don't want to talk about too much poop, <laughs> but it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, you guys. You know, shit right? Maybe so. no one's talking about it. Okay. Who else is talking about Christian poop? Huh? <laughs> well, this is Jewish poop at this point. <laughs> Jewish poop. Jewish poop. Okay. <laughs> just, all right, Hebrew all right. poop. Too much pooping. <laughs> so, all right, so, so, okay. This is the Bible this story, Bible. you know, for the scat lovers, but let's... Okay. I don't want to uh, yuck anyone's yum, but I did just throw up in my mouth a little. Sorry. <laughs> like Sorry. Can't... I went there. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> well, the story closes out this way. In Judges 3.25, they waited to the point of embarrassment, but when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. There... They saw their Lord fall into the floor, dead. Wait, so the servants just waited outside the door, tapping and going like, uh, S- Saya, Saya, are you okay in that? I'm sorry, I'm British all of a sudden, <laughs> but like the word sire evokes that in me. Until they finally got in to find him dead, poop everywhere. So the thing is, the story sounds like it was written to make you really laugh at King Eglon, like, Make him as disgusting as possible. Uh, so he's fat, and the whole sword just like sinks into his belly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he shits himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and then his servants think he's taking a dookie because that's what the fat slob king would do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But here's what we know, and that is God made all types of people. True, like left handed people. Like Ehud, mm-hmm. who were once persecuted. Fat people like King Eglon, who are still persecuted. Hairy, smooth, tall, short. All these type of people appear in the Bible, and they appear in our world today, and God made them all. Yes. And God made you. Let me tell you something. Ain't no story going in my belly. <laughs> my belly is beautiful. I love my belly. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. You know, I think it's important that for our tithe, love, offering, charity, act of good this week, uh, that we do something, you know, about our own body positivity, but we can do more, right, Azzy? Yeah, it's not just enough to affirm your own body positivity, but to share it with others. Compliment people on their clothes. Your hair looks nice. Love doing I that. I love that lavender color I on you. I love giving somebody flowers. As you know that, like, mm-hmm. we both do it. Yes. Excuse me. You look amazing in that dress. <laughs> And if I think it's going to sound perfect, I'm like, hey, look, don't get scared. I'm gay. You're fabulous. That's all I want to say. And they go, yes. oh, they live. Because, you know, you know, the, I think we talked about this before, but giving something a compliment could change your whole day. Mm-hmm. You see those TikTok videos where people do like drive-by compliments, you know? And you see the countenance of the of the face of the person just change and, and it seems like they lighten up. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. It truly is. It may not always I just remember, like, it. anything. I always, before I, someone who does any kind of service for me, like a hotel clerk or some of the DMV or someplace where you know that that person is under, underappreciated, and you're like, you, you have two people behind you in line. You have two people in front of you in line. You could take that time, airport 
uh, attendants as well, people at the front desk at the airport. Like you're two people in front of you in line. You have enough time to say, okay, what do I like about this person? Their hair, their earring, their their uh, smile, their whatever. And then when you get there, be like, excuse me, I love your earrings. Okay, here's my here's my thing, and here's my thing, and blah, blah, blah. And then you get right to business. That little compliment will lift them for their whole day. They'll give you better service. You're spreading joy. You're spreading love. So get out there and spread some love and some positivity That's to right. people. That's your Tide Love Offering Charity Act of Good this week, yes, Jesuits. Are you ready to live up to it? Are you ready Can for the challenge? <laughs> now, listen, you may have followers, but if your followers are not actively engaging with each other, learning from each other, and vibing regularly, then you don't have a community. So use this opportunity to reach out to us. Let us know what you did or just who you are. We want to feel your presence. We love you. And we also want to spread that love to queer Christian music artists. If you're a queer Christian musician and you want to play us one of your songs, send us an email to contact at yashjesuspod.com with a link to where we can find an MP3 file of the song, and we will play it at our show. Oh, and guess what, Azzy? This is so good. We're going to get into a closing prayer, y'all. But this, before we do this, this is so cool. I, we took a limited amount when we went to um, – because we just came up with the idea, and we started recording Drag Queens at RuPaul's DragCon LA, Azzy and I. But I just went to RuPaul's DragCon UK. And it was international, honey. We are international, okay? Coast to coast and around the world. Because it, because DragCon UK is kind of like DragCon Euro. It's like all the queens from, from Italia and, and España and Holland and Thailand, they all make it out to UK more than they kind of get out to the LA and the New York. So we have drag queens and drag fans from all over the world. Um, and I went and uh, recorded a drag queen prayer. I asked them each, what was their, what a prayer would they want to give to the queer community? What's their prayer for the LGBTQIA community? And um, we have some great ones. And so uh, here we go. Listen to the first of many new drag queen prayers. I pray that body positivity comes into everything because... People always struggle with body positivity and it's very dear to my heart because I grew up and had an eating disorder and now I'm very much positive in my body. I love the body that I'm in and I think that everyone should. Amen. And we join her and say amen to that. The more that we can learn to love ourselves, we can love each other better. The more that we can accept the bodies that we're in and embody our bodies the more of a presence we can give to the world and more of a gift we can be, you know, really step into it. When you love your body, you give permission for someone else to love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they, and, and then when you love that. them, they've exactly, you deserve that kind of love. Everyone deserves that feeling. Yes. Uh, you know, um, because everyone, let's pray right on that thought. Azzy. Yes. God, you made so many bodies. It's, this is a hard story for so many people and how to deal with their own bodies. People, we want to put a guard over our hearts and our minds and our mouths so that we don't turn a story like this into an attack on people's bodies. We want to make sure that we learn to love ourselves. It starts from within. It starts from us looking at ourselves, looking at the thing that we consider to be the worst part of our body and falling in love with it and proclaiming it and saying it out in the world. So when people hear you say it, they go, I can't mess with them. They love their body. So if I say anything, I'll sound stupid because they're just in love with their body. I won't get them. And then the people will treat you different. And then the way that they treat you will actually make you start to really grow and love and, and fall in love with the body that you gave us, God. We pray for the Religious Exemption Accountability Project. 
This dismissal is such a setback, but queer people and especially Christians also are not strangers to being attacked and they'll continue to fight. And we pray for LGBTQ students at these religious schools that you keep them safe, that there's a way for them to see that you're real and that God is real and God is in their life, even in these places where they feel the most persecuted, keep them safe, yeah. stand by them, let them thrive. Yes. And we pray with Carrie and her mother, Ruby, give her peace and comfort. We also join Carrie's prayer for family being together for freedom and liberation for those who dedicate their lives to serving others. And finally, we will close out with the blessing from Clay, and we send this all to you who are listening. Love and light to everyone. Amen. Thank you, Clay. Love and light to everyone. That is the message we want you to have in your life this week. We thank you for listening to another episode of Yes, Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yes, Jesus Pod or at our website at YesJesusPod.com. Now, if you like the show, please make a donation through us. Buy us a coffee. We could really use it. Um, you do it right on our webpage and you can become a monthly sponsor, which would also be like totally cool. You can do that on our website at yashjesuspod.com. You can find the link to do both of them in the show notes. And if you haven't yet, leave us a review, share us with a friend, give us five stars. Doing so helps us reach new people and keep this show going. That's right. Be our sugar mama, sugar daddy, sugar parent, please. You can now leave us an audio prayer request or praise report on our website. And that is yashjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show, so drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a, I'll take a stab from a cubit like you. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Yash Jesus is hosted by me, the Gort Juicy, Danny Francesi, and... And the PHAT Princess, Azariah Southworth. <laughs> Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray and Meredith Pauley. We are streaming and streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your other Glad Award-nominated podcasts. And whether you're tall, up and down, or from side to side, God loves you just as you are. So keep praising the Lord, y'all cubits! Cubits!